is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome in to Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao alongside Mo Patton, coming to you here on this Prep Thursday edition as we get ready for the weekend that is coming up with some high school football and other high school sports chatter. I do hate, though, Mo, that uh, I'm not in the office because I don't have my TV to watch Kalioka and Merrill Hyde play soccer. This afternoon's very so very upset about that, but uh, well, they play at three, so right. I'll, I'll be able to grab. I'll, I'll be able to see the second half for sure mm-hmm. <laughs> over the. So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a great day. Uh, we've got soccer state tournaments happening, and uh, that that's exciting. It really is. So we'll talk a little bit about that here in just a second, and give you some scores and updates. We'll also talk to Nick Patterson, the football coach at Richland on Coach's Corner as his team is getting ready for a pretty big uh, pretty big game against Loretto. So we'll get his thoughts on that and, uh, on, and on Ethan Workman, who has been twice now named Main Street Preps Player of the Week. So that's exciting. We'll also get into Vanderbilt. They just released some, some renderings of their upgrades that they – our funding now, and so much, so much more. Uh, tons to get to, high school football picks and everything else as well. So stick around. It's going to be a great 90 minutes. Looking forward to it. But first, Mo, how are you? I'm, well, that's – Well. Honestly, <laughs> don't ask. It's, it's, it, today has been a really bad day. It's been a day, man, and we're not even – into our show yet so yeah. i know this is going to be the best part of my day my day is going to get better from here on out i just i'm, I'm speaking into existence it's going to be a good show uh, i've got i've got a uh got a, a charity event this evening that uh i'm going to attend and i'm just i'm speaking it into existence it's going to be a good day the rest of the day I think it's going to be a good day the rest of the day as well. I'm going to speak to a class at Belmont University this evening. So, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> they let you into an institution of higher learning. Go figure, huh? They asked <laughs> me at that. So <laughs> I, I figure they must have run through everybody else. I don't know. But no. Um, That's awesome. Friend of the show and Main Street Murray part-timer Landon Seacrest. Yeah. Um, asked me if I would come and speak to his sports in Americana class. And the class instructor is longtime and former Christ Presbyterian Academy athletics director, Mike Elson. So I couldn't turn that down. So oh. it's, it's going to be, a, it's going to be, it's going to be as fun as speaking to a class is for me because I'm not big on, public speaking (laughs) so we'll see how it goes well you've been speaking to the youngsters you got you got a little experience earlier this year speaking to the youngsters so yeah yeah 
Hopefully you can take 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 what you learned there and imply it this evening. <laughs> hopefully it helped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hopefully somebody got something good out of that. And hopefully somebody will get something good out of this. But um it should be fun. It should be, absolutely. Well, we've got again great show coming up. Uh looking forward to it and uh hope you guys will stick with us. Why don't we get to yesterday's results and today's schedule, Mo, and give them the rundown. This is the rundown. Girls Soccer State Tournament action in Chattanooga from yesterday. It was Kalioka in overtime defeating Crosstown 3-2. Station Camp with a 2-1 win over Franklin County. Siegel defeated Gallatin 2-1. Page down Livingston Academy 1-0. Also Merrill Hyde defeated Alcoa 1-0. And Murfreesboro Central with a 4-1 win over Seymour. In soccer action today, Boyd Buchanan and BGA are in progress. Battleground Academy with a very commanding lead right now in the 75th minute, five nil over Boyd Buchanan. That's yeah, pretty commanding. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Page takes on Greenville at three, while Siegel and Houston will play at three. Also at three is Cullioka and Merle Hyde at 530. First touch, it'll be Murfreesboro Central and East Hamilton, and then Bearden taking on station camp. In football action tonight, all these are 7 o'clock kickoffs. Dixon County is at Antioch. Eagleville hosts Fayetteville. Friendship Christian takes on visiting Middle Tennessee Christian. Cannon County at the Brickyard against Giles County. And Whites Creek hosting East Robertson. In NHL action tonight, the Preds are uh, taking on the St. Louis Blues at Bridgestone Arena. That's a 7 p.m. puck drop. You can see it on Valley Sports South. Uh, NBA action, the Grizzlies are out west. It's a 9 p.m. tip against the Sacramento Kings, who are currently winless. Uh, that one's going to be on Bally Sports Southeast, probably. I, I don't know how that works. <laughs> um, in NFL action on Amazon Prime at 7.15, the Ravens will be at the Buccaneers. And in college football action tonight on ESPN, it's Virginia Tech at North Carolina State, 6.30 kick. Louisiana at Southern Miss at 6.30 as well. That's on the Deuce. And Utah at Washington State, Pac-12 After Dark Weekday Edition on FS1. And that is today's rundown. Oh, today's top story comes to us from some Braves chatter as Spencer Strider was named the Sporting News National League Rookie of the Year. Now, that's not the actual rookie of the year but it is a pretty um pretty well respected award pretty prestigious honor yeah yeah um strider taking 47% of the vote in that um balloting Michael Harris, the second, taking forty-one percent of the vote. What were the What were the other twelve percent of that two hundred and twelve thinking? I really don't even know. What is twelve percent? It's was it about twenty-five? Twelve. It's about twenty-five, twenty-six, probably. So, but yeah, what were what was what was on their mind? What are they doing? Who did they vote for? That. Brendan Donovan of St. Louis, I'd imagine. Gotcha. Goodness gracious. But that's still. pretty amazing, though, that that 
players off one team command 88% of the vote. It's insane. It really yeah. is. Uh, Let's see. Um, the other balloting for the Sporting News MLB honors. Um, Aaron Judge, surprise, surprise, MLB Player of the Year. Strider is Rookie of the Year. Um, Brandon Drury of the Reds and Padres is Comeback Player of the Year in the National League, which I'm a little surprised at that. Um, Buck Showalter, NL Manager of the Year. Julio Rodriguez, AL Rookie of the Year. Justin Verlander, Comeback Player of the Year in the American League. And Brandon Hyde of the Orioles. They they got that one right. Um, Was your AL Manager of the Year. Let's see. Yeah, no question there. Yeah. Um I don't know how I'm, you get listen, show Walter congrats to him and all, but I don't know how you get manager of the year with the payroll that they had and all that went I mean I mean, not winning a hundred games would have been <laughs> you know, just pure luck or bad luck, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, you would have had to have kind of managed them off a cliff to have not. But at any rate, um, I guess they figured they'd give the Mets something. I don't know. I guess. Um, that being said, I, certainly not going to vote for my guy. So, well, I no, no, I am. I'm interested. Again, this won't be the last Rookie of the Year award presented in the National League, and I'm interested to see how some of the other ones go. I think it'll be either Strider-Harris or Harris-Strider, obviously, but um, I, I tend to lean toward the guy that's making an everyday contribution at a high level rather than a starting pitcher who only goes out every fifth day, but... I can't really argue with Strider given what he did when he was doing it again, missed the what last two weeks, last three weeks of the regular season and was a bullpen piece for the first month. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, what's crazy is, I mean, he probably strikes out two fifty if they start him as a, if they, if they, if he's a starter from day one from the start, I mean, that's insane. But yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, you would. Although think now, yeah. flip flip that, it might have taken that time for him to kind of get his feet on the ground at the major league level as well. Maybe it's it's very possible. Uh, forgive me if I don't have uh, faith that 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 he was managed properly. <laughs> oh, forgiven, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely forgiven. Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, there's there's that. <laughs> it's not is, like is there another postseason team whose fan base is as displeased with their managerial situation as the Braves? I can't imagine there is. And and here's the thing is we're we're not exactly in, you know it it's not a hundred percent we're all upset at Brian Snicker, though, as far as the fan base is concerned. I mean, there is a lot of guys out there who who are saying, what are you talking about? He's done this. Like, but listen, there is definitely a faction that I, would not mind. Uh, I'd not be bothered if Snitger came in one day and just said, you know what? I'm done. No. And that's the only way it's going to go down. That's exactly right. At this point, there's no way you can get rid of him. He's won a world series. He's won four division titles. He's 
five division titles. He, he, what are you going to do? Yeah. And fire this guy. No, no. Speaking of managerial decisions, though, the Marlins have one mm. now. Uh, Skip Shoemaker. Shoemaker. Is it Shoemake, isn't it? No, no, no. It's, it's no. Er. That's right. Shoemake is now at Texas. Right. There's there's two guys named there's Bruce, a shoemake and a shoemaker. I don't know. Bruce Bochy is the new manager of the Rangers, though. So I I'm I'm not sure of whom you speak, but Skip Shoemaker, who played for the Cardinals, I know. Um, I'm not sure where or if he was I guess he was on somebody's staff, but I don't know where he's coming from to Miami, but he is the new guy at Miami. Um Jared Michael Skip Shoemaker. Um, I like I like that Skip is like his actual nickname. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Skip is the new Skip for Miami, I guess. Yeah, um, I'm trying to figure out where he was. I'm seeing a lot of pictures of him with the Padres, so maybe he was bench coach or something with them um, this year. Uh, and- he spent his uh, he he was. Um, with the Cardinals this past year hmm. okay, and was with the Padres from 18 to 21 played okay. in the Cardinals organization mm-hmm. from 05 to 12. I remember him there. Uh, yeah. I don't remember him as a Dodger or a red for that matter, but yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out for him. Good for him. Um, I'm, I just, I, they kind of went, the complete opposite direction, <laughs> you know, it went from mm. an old guy to a really young guy. And, uh, hopefully, you know, Ronald Acuna will stop being hit by the Marlins. Well, between, between the managerial change and Urania being gone, I'd like to think that that will, like you said, come to an end. So we'll see. Yes, we will. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are scheduled to be joined by Nick Patterson, Richland head football coach. So uh, on Coach's Corner. So stick around. We'll hand out some hardware as well right here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader-building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 
or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yow, Mo Patton, coming to you here on this Thursday edition. It's time to get you ready for some high school football action. And again, uh, Richland coach Nick Patterson scheduled to join us here and should be doing so momentarily. Uh, he has his <laughs> has his information and uh, hopefully will... <laughs> Will join us, but before he does, Mo, we might as well hand out some hardware. Let's do it. Um, you want to start it off? I'll let you. All right. Well, we'll start <laughs> with our end to win life team of the week, presented by our friends at Custom Stone Handlers and Ned Rich and fine folks at Custom Stone Handlers. We appreciate them giving us uh, giving some 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 love to these athletes and these teams. And so today's end to win life team of the week is your champions. They are champions. The class a volleyball state champions for what the third time in the last four years. Is that right? I believe it is the summertime lady Eagles who defeated Loretto in straight sets last Friday over at Siegel to to claim that title after falling to Loretto in the winner's bracket finals of the tournament the day before. So big win for Andrea Kelly's bunch as they've kind of gotten used to big wins. And um, congratulations to them and to Ansley Burleson, who was named the championship game MVP from her performance against Loretto on Friday. So big win, big honor. It is. It is, in fact. And again, I still think we need game seven or <laughs> match seven. Uh, and and again, uh, I think the only folks that might disagree with you were wearing blue on Friday. Just like we are today. We matched. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Twinsies. It happens. It happens. Um, the MTBJ player or athlete of the week this week goes to um, a school we haven't gotten a chance to talk about much this year. Yeah. Um, 
Summit senior running back Dominic Hollis had a breakout performance last week against Shelbyville. 13 carries for 262 yards and three touchdowns, including a 75-yarder as the Spartans spanked Shelbyville 48 to nothing on homecoming. So if, if you're going to beat somebody, that's when you want to beat them. You want to you want to win on homecoming. So that was a, a big win and, and a highlight in a tough season for, for summit, but big win for them and a big night for Dominic. So he is our mid Tennessee bone and joint athlete of the week this week. All right. And Mo uh, still, still waiting on uh, coach Patterson to join us. So, we well, will. We can we can kind of set things up though That's because what I was one, say. yeah, one of the reasons that we wanted to reach out to Richland coach Nick Patterson is as you said, they've got a big one tomorrow night. They've got Loretto coming to their place, and basically the playoffs start a week early because um the winner of this one hosts the opening round of the playoffs as the number two team out of region five two A. And the loser of this one will go on the road, as you've been pointing out, to either um, Lewis County or Riverside as the number three seed out of five two A. So this is um, there's a there's a little bit riding on this one. Yeah, and and you know this is this is a team that you've seen a couple of times this year against Forest and I think Cascade. Did you see you saw that Cascade? Yeah, no, uh, no, no, I did no. not see the Cascade game. I was with you for the Cornersville. Game. That's right, Cornersville, and. This team has kind of found some different ways to win, uh, but they've been riding the workhorse Ethan Workman pretty much. The aptly named. Aptly named Ethan, Ethan Workman. Workman. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's got like 675 rushing yards, got 735 receiving yards, 23 offensive touchdowns. Last week, he um, contributed a 67-yard punt return for a touchdown in their win over East Hickman. So, I mean, very versatile. Um, good size for that for that classification at 6'1", 180, and, and it's kind of the X factor offensively for Richland this season. Yeah, he was uh he, he was kind of the focal point of that um of the hash marks article for uh Main Street Preps that Tyler Palmentier writes and and you know one of the things that that Nick Patterson said about Ethan Workman was that you know he really doesn't mind being you know whatever you need him to be. And he'll play receiver, he'll line up there and take the wildcat you know, snaps, he'll run it, you know, run it down your throat or he'll try to beat you to the corner. It doesn't really matter. And then on defense is where he really shines. He he is one of their one of their leaders on the defensive side of the football as well. And, you know, kudos to that young man. I, I know his size is probably going to hinder him at the next level, but if he wants to play somewhere, somebody will find him a spot. I don't know though, Chris. I mean six one, one eighty. Yeah, but where are you going to put him? I mean, is he fast right. enough to play safety at the next level? He probably can't play running back. I don't think he can play running back. I think he can play Maybe receiver. Slot. I think he can play safety. Maybe you can put him at a um at an outside linebacker who drops back into some coverage or something. Maybe a dime or a nickelback. Yeah, that's he, where he might. That's where he might be really, really. He can play 
for somebody somewhere, and it would be a travesty if he's not. Yeah, I would. I would be. Uh, I'd be shocked if Mike Jasper hasn't been on the phone with him mm. at some point. <laughs> so I can tell you that much for sure. That'd be but a perfect I, fit, actually. Absolutely, it would. It uh, doesn't look like we're gonna. Yeah. I, I've no con- I have no contact right now with Coach Patterson. So um, Coach's Corner good. is brought to you by From the Heart Cafe out in Chapel Hill. Uh, Renee Hart and the fine folks there are always keeping you fed and happy out, out that way. If you are in the area, maybe you're headed to Henry Horton. Maybe you're headed to a forest football game. Uh, maybe you're headed to a Walker Hayes um, video shoot. In Chapel Hill, apparently. Or maybe you need something catered and you can go pick it up or she can bring it to you as well. So um, They do a lot of business lunches mm -hmm. and they cater those a lot and they are phenomenal. We've we've missed Renee on a couple of occasions while we have gone out there because she was catering business lunches. And when she got back and told us what she made, we were like, we should have just went with you. (laughs) all right yeah well i actually got to see her a couple weeks ago when i went over there for the richland forest game and and i had called ahead to make sure she was going to be there so we got to um hang out for a little bit and business is still good and and again they've also got the breakfast barn and yeah she's she's always kind of tweaking things over there so there's a lot going on be sure and run through and check them out so full disclosure mo and renee you you guys were schoolmates right yeah we were schoolmates i'm i'm older than her but we we went to school together and her mom was a substitute teacher at at franklin and uh so we go we go way back so you guys were schoolmates we have another you know just recently i guess was it yesterday the day before you posted uh the picture from your school newspaper my junior high newspaper, yeah, um, the Franklin Special School District. Chris, you used to live here in Franklin, so you know that Franklin Special and Williamson County are two separate school districts, and Franklin Special only goes through ninth grade, eighth grade now. But um, so yeah, I was um, I was part of the junior high newspaper, the Rebel Yell. Um, awesome. And and there was the. Um, FSSD for some random reason decided to post a picture from that had run in the review appeal, the, the Franklin newspaper back in 78, 79, and also found a picture of the Vot, the voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, um, for some essay contest that he had been involved in. So yeah. Um, nice, nice recognition for both, for both Mike and I, uh, Mike and me, excuse me. Um, I'm sure he appreciated that, even though he's not on Twitter to really get it, get involved <laughs> in that. I, I figure he probably saw it. So. He probably did. Well, Mo, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Richland football, and let's do it with Coach Nick Patterson, who joins us now on Coach's Corner. Coach, what's going on? Oh, not much. Busy day as usual, <laughs> isn't it? Understand, understand. Appreciate you carving out a little time for us, Nick. We were just talking. Um, obviously, this game tomorrow night at your place against Loretto is a big one. The winner hosts an opening round game in the two A state playoffs. The loser goes on the road. Um, and I mean, it's not like going on the road is anything that you can't handle, but it's always better to be at home when you can. 
Well, it is. It's been a long, long time since we've been able to host a playoff game here at Richland. So, uh, you know, for our community, for our kids, it's it's a big, big deal. Uh, it was one of our big goals going into the season, uh, you know, and then we have the chance to accomplish that, you know, like you said, tomorrow night. So uh, it's definitely a big deal. And it's a big difference sometimes, you know, uh, hosting a, a three seed versus traveling to a, a two seed. So uh, definitely a lot on the line. Can you tell how that region is shaping up? Who are the two and three right now? Is that decided uh, yet? I think the three is is Adamsville outright. Uh, I believe Scotts Hill, if I got it right, Scotts Hill and East Hickman will play for the fourth seed tomorrow night, and uh, Riverside and Lewis County will play for the first and second seed. That's that's some pretty solid scheduling right there. When you, can, <laughs> you're right. When you can get it set up like that when you're playing for one and two in week eleven. That's that's pretty good stuff. Yes, sir. They must you have know, stolen my crystal ball. Well, you know, I wonder if if that doesn't and and no matter what happens, you know, I wonder if that doesn't help whoever is the three seed, whether it be you, Richland, or Loretto, because they will have played a dog fight the week before, which you guys will too. But uh, it should be interesting. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited about week one of the playoffs in these two regions because I think they match up really well. They do for sure. And, you you know, like you just said, there's some big time ball games, to, uh, you know, to decide some things tomorrow night for sure. And, uh, you know, at, at this point anyway, and that's what we've told our kids all week, it's survive in advance anyway. You know, we're kind of treating this like playoff mode as well. So, uh, you know, we're just we're going to try to survive in advance and push through and uh, and see what happens. Nick, I've had a chance to see Loretto a couple of times, obviously not from a coach's point of view, but um, as a coach, looking at them as as much and as hard as you have, I'm sure to get ready for tomorrow night. What is it about them that concerns you? Well, they just they got a real dynamic offense. Uh, they, you know, they do a lot of good things, got a lot of athletes all over the field. Uh, you know, a couple good running backs, several good receivers. A quarterback, is uh, he was good last year, but he's improved still this year. Uh, you know, so just a really dynamic offense. So we got to try to slow down, uh, get some stops, get some turnovers. Uh, you know, that'll be probably the, the biggest key to the night is, you know, how many stops and turnovers and, and try to steal some possessions from them. Trevor Meadows and Jaden Pryor really play some key roles for you defensively as you get ready for this game. Is that correct? They do. Yes, sir. They're part of our secondary. And, and I mean, the way – Loretto has the ability to throw the ball. Um, how do you how do you match up with those receivers? Do you think? Well, you know, our, our like you said, Jaden plays free safety for us. Done a great job for us all year. Trevor as well. Uh, you know, we've gotten several turnovers on the back end of our defense. Uh, you know, we're going to rely on our front to to get some pressure as well. And try to move that quarterback off his spots a little bit and. Uh, you know, try to try to rush it and mess up the timing some, but uh, they got to do a good job on the back end. But uh, Andrew Huff and and Jaden, uh, Colton Tremble, uh, those guys have, have played a lot of football for us at this point uh, through last year and this year. Trevor's a senior; he's played, you know, from, uh, probably started since he was a sophomore. So he's been a lot of big time games. So uh, you know, I think we got an experienced group back there. It's just going to be a matter of playing disciplined football and doing our job. Nick Patterson joining us here on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe in Chapel Hill. And, Coach, one of the ways to stifle a really good offense is to keep them off the field, and you can do that with your run game, especially when you've got 
the ability to go seven, eight, nine plays and do nothing but run it up the gut and eventually score touchdowns. Uh, and Ethan Workman has been a, a well a workhorse for you uh, all season long. And when you go to that Notre Dame box and you, I, I've seen you walk out to the numbers and call the play and just scream it, and they still couldn't stop it. That's got to be a, a a relieving factor. Well, our kids have a lot of confidence in, in <laughs> our packages that we do. Uh, our, well, heck, I do too. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, what we're doing, I think I told somebody, I mean, we're a bunch of country kids that, that haul hay all summer and, and, you know, still believe in old school. So, uh, you know, everybody wants to spread it around and, and, you know, that's new age football and stuff. And we do a little bit of that as well. I mean, Bryce, you know, I think was seven of eight for 190 last week in the air. So, you know, we can throw it around when we need to, but uh, our kids don't mind grinding it out. Uh, we've kind of built ourselves up on that, for a matter of fact. That was actually me that you told that, Nick. But um, it, it has to be, as Chris was saying, it's comforting to, to see your kids you know, rally to that box the way they have. I mean, they've, they've really embraced it. They, they like, and I guess success has something to do with that, but it seems like they have really embraced that three yards in a cloud of dust. And, and I guess with Ethan, it's not necessarily three yards. No. And especially as the game wears on, uh, you know, we got a, a pretty big, good sized offensive line that's made up of a bunch of seniors and that certainly helps the cause as well. Uh, but, you know, we feel like we can get up there and, and, and just kind of push on people for a while. And, and, and we feel like, you know, you, we get the ball game in the third or fourth quarter that we can really, really grind it out and be who we want to be. And, and those three yards, four yards start turning into 10, 12, 20 yard, you know, big gains. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, like you said, it's a belief system that our kids have that, you know, they understand we can do that. And, uh, again, we've talked a lot about being able to, to do other things and have to do other things as well, you know, to be who we want to be. But uh, it's definitely a good addition to it for sure. Winning makes it a lot easier to, to embrace that, though, I guess, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, and that's been big for us here at Richland. Uh, you know, you guys both know that. Uh, you know, when we got here and then even way before that, it just, it's, it's, it's been a tough road here at Richland for many, many years and, uh, just changing that mindset and that culture of, of who we want to be and what we can be has, has been a big deal. And, uh, you know, something that th this is my fifth year and when we've been inching closer and closer and feel like we've, we've made that hurt, you know, made that jump and then kind of got over the mountaintop this year and, and looking to keep things going. Uh, Nick Patterson, coach at Richland High School, joining us here on Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe over in Chapel Hill. Nick, you guys go into tomorrow night, seven and two overall, three and one in Region 5, 2A play. Your two losses came in um, consecutive weeks um, against Mount Pleasant and at Collinwood. Do you feel like that Collinwood game, you guys kind of left a little something on the table there? I mean, that's a team that, has not had a whole lot of success this year. You guys and and Huntland the week before were their only two victories to this point. Well, it was fall break for us, uh, and not to you know make excuses, but we we had some kids out due to fall break and that sort of thing. You try to when you schedule, you know, try to 
get off fall break, but somebody's got to play on it. And that's been us the last couple of years. And, uh, and I think it's a battle for most teams that, that end up having to play on fall break, you know, with different kids doing different things and that sort of thing. But uh, it's just a battle that we, we have to face. And, and we didn't do a very good job of, of being here and preparing with the ones we had and uh, kind of let one slip there. But uh, hopefully, you know, we can learn and grow from it. And that, that'll be the important thing. It won't hurt us in the long run. Uh, you know, if we get better from it, for sure. No question. Coach, we appreciate your time. I will see you tomorrow night out uh, out in Linville. It's going to be a good one. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Coach Nick Patterson here on Main Street Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn and Joint and Coach's Corner, presented by From the Heart Cafe. Thanks to Renee and the fine folks out at uh, out in Chapel Hill for taking care of us all when we're hungry. It's always a, a pleasure to get out there. Where I was going with that before Nick so rudely interrupted us with his presence, <laughs> Mo. <laughs> How uh, dare he come on the show after we invite him, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't believe. Where I was going with your schoolmate situation was that your uh, your former schoolmate, Winona Judd, announced today <clears throat> that she is going to be hosting a uh, a pretty big party at Murphy Center next week, and I'm trying to find a way to go. <laughs> Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just, just flash you know. that just flash that media pass and walk yes, on and see what happens. There. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just here to see Coach Insel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you 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 know people. You know people. You'll be all right. She, oh man, I'll I'm tell you what. You. Um, she's a schoolmate, but I'd tell you that you probably got a better chance of getting in than I do. So. Well, I just I thought it was interesting how how the connection there between. Uh, between Murphy Center and Winona, and I was like, man, they're going to do a concert. We've been talking about concerts, and this is apparently going to be kind of the official kickoff of the 50th anniversary mm -hmm. uh, events because of basketball and all that sort of thing. But it's been 31 years since that was the final the final tour stop of the Judds, right. December 4th, 1991, when they uh, they made their final appearance on stage together at murphy center so it's gonna be pretty cool and i'm I, I, i'm excited like i like i said i told i told sarah i said we got to find a way to go it's just going to be too cool uh the, the tour mates are really good ashley mcbride martina mcbride little big town who also how about this little big towns jimmy westbrook is from my hometown well, there you go. Well, and I play, hit I, Jimmy up. You're good. <laughs> let me let me just hit Jimmy up, right? Yeah. Um, uh, what is it, Kelsey? Kelsey Ballerini. Kelsey, is also Kelsey Ballerini be is there as well. So it's going to be a great show, and I'm looking forward to to, to finding. You know, I'm really just trying to find a babysitter in case y'all are out there and y'all y'all know somebody. All you got to do is just be here at my house. My kid goes to sleep at seven o'clock. We'll leave at seven and get there. I mean, we we might get in a little late, but. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't even got to do nothing. Oh, goodness. So, so uh, if you are someone you know, wouldn't mind babysitting. Now, now, this is November. It's next Thursday. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay, it's so, like around the corner. <laughs> okay, so it's just one child then that they would yes, be babysitting. Just one. Yeah, just okay. one. <laughs> no gotcha. worries there. No worries there. But uh, anyway, right. that's that's where I was going with that. And I figured I might as well, you know wrap it up with a bow before we get out of here and talk uh talk a little Vanderbilt mm -hmm. because the Commodores who are also in the midst of a massive uh athletic facilities upgrade 
release some renderings today themselves. So they thought, what's good for the Titans, we can do over whatever you can do, Titans, we can do better. And so we'll take a look at the renderings and give our thoughts on the other side of a break. So stick around here. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn & Joint, is back after this. <laughs> This is Chris Yao with Main Street Sports Today. Every show, Mo Patton and I welcome friends from all across the sports landscape, from high school coaches and reporters to national, college, and pro sports personalities. You never know who might stop by for a chat. AP Tennessee Sports Editor, three-time Tennessee Sports Runner of the Year 2020 TSWA Hall of Famer. She covers the Titans, the Predators, the Grizzlies, college football, and hoops. Please make welcome, Teresa Wall. Former University of Tennessee, former Team USA Olympian, XI Young Award winner, Ari Dickey. Ari, did I miss anything? Man, that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, I need to listen to that before I go to bed every night. That was nice. Has five sports Emmys. That's not bad for the other guy in Wham. Ryan McGee. <laughs> <laughs> other guy Wham married the best looking girl banana rama. So other guy Wham had pretty good life. From preps to pros, we're taking on the sports topics you care about. Tune in across Main Street Media social platforms at 2 p.m. or on demand on your podcast distribution platform of choice. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joints. Coming to you on this Thursday edition, getting you ready for some high school football action. We just talked to Nick Patterson of Richland down in Linville, and if you've not been to Linville, you should definitely go. Uh, Thirty One South has some of the best uh, best barbecue and weird stuff great pizza too by the way but you know they they just have they have some unique menu items such as the uh the barbecue pork uh basically cheesesteak kind of thing I, I don't even know how to explain it it's 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 a philly cheesesteak except instead of the cheesesteak you got pork and it's delicious i love it and it's cheap i mean my goodness so if you haven't been to, to uh if you haven't been to linville you should definitely go Check out 31 South right there on 31 South. It's in the name. <laughs> Pretty original. Yeah. <laughs> so where is this place anyway? Well, um. <laughs> matter of fact, glad you asked. Uh, it's funny. When in 2011, my mom and I opened a cafe and we called it 269 Cafe because it was located on Highway 269. <laughs> I, what more can you ask for? <laughs> You that got was a, pretty, pretty <laughs> inventive, pretty creative on y'all's part, huh? You got a, uh, you, you got directions and a name all in one. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, it's a, it's going to be a good weekend of high school football, like you said, but we got a, a lot of games that that mean something uh, this weekend. So, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Let's talk a little now about Vanderbilt as they released some renderings today of their uh, athletic facility upgrades, and I'll tell you what. That right there is pretty cool. That ain't bad. That's that's not bad. And the, the best – I guess that's the north end zone. Is that, uh, does it say? It's the end zone, I think, that probably doesn't have anything – I don't really know. I don't know if they're tearing down the – are they tearing down the, the seats that they have? And I'm not sure if they have room on the other side, so I don't well, know. Well, the seats that they have are at the south end zone. That's enclosed. The north is open, and it's got – that hotel in behind it. So I don't know how deep the stuff that's there would go. Ooh. 
Well, there's the other end zone. So it looks like they're doing something to the north end zone too. So for one, they're closing it in. I mean, they've got seats in that north end zone, but they are detached from the otherwise horse 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 shoe. There we go. That word. Yeah, that that. Uh so then what else you got? So I'm not seeing these. I'm seeing these for so the first inside, time. This is going to be inside the, the first picture that we showed you. Hmm. So That's going to, okay. That is housing a basketball practice facility, apparently. So that probably is the north end zone then because that's closest to uh, Memorial Gym. Yes, that would make sense. It probably has a walkway from here to the Memorial Gym, if I had to guess. Yeah. Some sort of skywalk or or whatever. But I, I, I love I love that they're, you know, that you're seeing kind of some modern amenities. Well, I love that you're kind of seeing some synergy between the facilities and between the sports there because even as landlocked as Vanderbilt is, you know, besides, you know, football and basketball kind of sharing a bit of a walk, um, I'm sorry, football and baseball sharing that walkway, there's not a whole lot connecting Vanderbilt athletics to each other, I don't think. I mean, you've got the, um, you've got McGugan Center and you've got the the street that runs between that and Hawkins Field and and the best and the um, football stadium, and then Memorial Gym on the far side. But yeah, if you can build some kind of a physical connection between those, I think that kind of helps a little bit. Mo, uh, this looks like a parking deck to the right here. Perhaps I wonder if that is the hotel on the other no, side. No, that's no, that's the parking that deck. That's the parking deck. Okay, so yeah. that makes that means that this is definitely the north end zone. The north end zone. Yeah, that's yeah. look. I, I love the idea because listen, Vanderbilt's never going to have you know an eighty thousand seat stadium. They don't need it. Nor do they need it. Yeah, they don't need that. What they need is you know to upgrade the the experience of coming to a Vanderbilt football game. Yeah, I mean, bigger isn't necessarily better, but if you can have the best 40,000-seat stadium, excuse me, and like you said, improve the experience, then that's going to be plenty, I would think. I think this is a wonderful idea. I think it's a great addition to to the stadium. I, I really feel like... Vanderbilt is, you know, and Candace Story Lee, you've talked to her on this show about it. it. It really feels like they are trying to, you know, just improve the situation that they are all in. And Vanderbilt Athletics does not have a great situation monetarily right now, but with this, it gives them a purpose. And, and for good reason, don't get me wrong, that the, the administration at Vanderbilt has not always been, you know, very athletic minded. Let's put it that way. And and so for the entire school to come together and kind of say, look, we're gonna put some, we're gonna put something into this. We're gonna really focus in. And I mean, you see the upgrades on the the far ends on there too, Mo, with the, the video board in the top left there. That that's super cool. Um, it, it just feels like this is kind of the turning of a page for Vanderbilt Athletics. Well, 
I think if you can get some people excited about Vanderbilt athletics, that's a good place to start. And like you said, that there, there are people on that campus who have not always been athletically friendly. And I think it's kind of held that department back to some degree. And so maybe uh, I I would hesitate to think that everybody's on the same page, but maybe more people in decision-making positions are getting to be on the same page with regards to athletics. And, and I think that excitement kind of bleeds over. So. Oh, it absolutely does. And I, and I mean, I would want to go to a Vanderbilt football game and, and experience what I'm seeing here. Mm-hmm. This looks like a fun experience. And yeah, and you're probably going to get some upgrades to the locker rooms. You're probably going to get some upgrades to, to other things that are going to help recruiting. Because, look, this is going to help recruiting. You're not going to be playing in a glorified high school stadium, and that's not what I'm saying that Vanderbilt is right now. But it's you know compared to the rest of the SEC – Mm-hmm. it's not the same. Right. And so now you are at least saying, look, here's, this is a, this is a stadium that I feel like I'm playing major college football in. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a facility that you can be proud to be a part of, to be right. proud to, to play in. And, and, you know, it, like you said, it, it probably says Southeastern conference football a lot more than the current situation does. Well, kudos, Vanderbilt, Mm -hmm. and and kudos to Candace Story Lee for being persistent on this matter and finding a way to make it happen. So I want to give her her props because I don't think this happens without her. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think it happens without her because she has the long history with the school from being a student athlete there herself to working in athletics administration basically since she ended her playing career. So, I mean, she's kind of a fixture there on campus. People know her, people know her values and she knows that university and, and you know, how, how things work there. So I'm sure that, some of the things that she has had to say probably come easier from someone with her background than from a newcomer, so to speak. Absolutely. Folks, are, fo- folks will listen to, uh, to her. Yeah. Um, in other news around the Southeastern conference, apparently <laughs> Auburn football, we talked about this yesterday, but we, we have some, some more definitive, uh, <laughs> information and it appears that auburn is somewhere it, it, it appears that brian harson is walking around with a gasoline can and a buck and a box of matches that's what it appears to <laughs> and you would be right um Tervarish dawson announced uh yesterday that he would be leaving the program but to me it feels like you know, I think they're down to now eight of his twenty first twenty two signees, which is. Re- I think it's nine of eighteen. Okay, not well. That makes it sound a little bit better, but it's fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, you've lost fifty percent of your first signing class, and 
That's and you're never not, a good thing. And you're not having a good time doing it. You're not winning ball games. I, yeah, you're not losing them because because they can't get on the field. You know, I mean, you're not losing them because you're being so successful that they're not able to play. It, it's it's not that they don't want a red shirt. Heck, they do want a red shirt. It seems like so. It's it's just an odd situation all the way around down there. <laughs> absolutely it, it's a mess it, auburn is finally auburning as we expected this year at some point so here we go when really all we're, all we're wor worried about now is when does when, when are they looking for a coach mm -hmm. um they've got they've got arkansas coming in there this weekend they go to mississippi state the following week and then they've got a&m at their place on the 12th so, um, followed by Western Kentucky and then at Tuscaloosa. Bo Jackson, uh, told <laughs> Tony Anderson. Okay. Now who is Tony uh, Anderson? Well, I'm not familiar with that name. Fine. You asked USA today. <laughs> Bo Jackson said, quote, Dion could coach anywhere in the country, college or professional level that he wants to. It's just whether or not the organization is ready for prime. You can you can look at what he's done for Jackson State, the short amount of time he's been there. He has the charisma. He has what it takes because Dion, like myself, we were coached old school, and that's the way he's coaching his players. You're seeing the results. Basically, <laughs> Bo Jackson just – endorsed Deion Sanders to, to be the next Brian head Hart. coach yep. at Auburn University. Now, yep. if Bo Jackson is saying it, does it have a better chance of happening than it did? I don't think a potential Auburn coach getting an endorsement from Bo Jackson could ever hurt. I don't think it would hurt. Um, my question is: Does it help? Again, it's Auburn, and they keep having, you know, conniptions over orange jerseys. Are they going to hire Coach Prime? Well, I mean, if they're not going to hire him, it doesn't matter if Bo Jackson endorses them or not, right? Well, my my—that's my question, though—is. Mm -hmm. Bo Jackson has now endorsed him. Is it now harder not to hire him if he's interested? Mm, um, <laughs> if he's interested. Yeah. Now that that's a good question. I hadn't thought about it like that. Um, it's kind of hard to say, uh, now nah, we're good, but Bo said, and Bo knows. Yeah. Bo does know. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so says Nike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that's a good question. I mean, can you not hire a guy who has the Bo Jackson seal of approval? Be hard to. Be hard not to hire him if he said, hey, I'm interested in your job when it comes open and you mm -hmm. don't, uh, you, you got to interview him. Oh, absolutely. And then if you don't if they've hire not him, already. <laughs> and, if, and if you don't hire him, you better hit an absolute moonshot of a home run. Mm. You better hire. Who? Uh, Bob Stoops <laughs> or Urban Meyer or that's about mm. it. That's the list. 
you got to hire somebody that's won a national championship if you don't hire him. You can't miss. You can't miss. You can't yeah. go. You you can't go get you know some somebody. You can't you can't even go get Hugh Freeze. In my opinion, I think people would be less. I think it'd be close, but man. Anyway, yeah, I mean that's that's interesting. And with that said. I mean, it's interesting that Bo actually put himself out there and made such an endorsement in such a public forum as that. I mean, because that that carries a lot of weight. Or you'd like to think that carries a lot of weight in Auburn and around Auburn in in those parts. And so I would think that he knew perfectly well what he was doing when he did it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it was to create some pressure as far as that goes, but that's that's gonna be interesting because like you said, orange uniforms. <laughs> it's it's a problem down there, apparently. Yeah, so <laughs> this guy Yeah. I don't I don't think the guy with the cool nickname is is on their radar right now. <laughs> but hey. Well, he he'd certainly better be after this. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Hmm. All right, we're gonna take a short break here. When, or actually, a regular break here, Justin. Uh, and when we come back, we've got. Uh, I want to talk a little Titans on the other side. So stick around. Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Back after this. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990. Or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50 plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. 
Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yamo Patton here on this Thursday edition. And, well, we talked. We, we said we talked a little Titans, and really what I wanted to talk about was um, Sports Illustrated. Connor Orr put out a story on the NFL trade deadlines. Nine deals we'd like to see, and among those deals are the Titans as buyers at the deadline. Not just buyers, but buyers of a running back. Um, as buyers, according to Connor Orr, the AFC South is an absolute mess right now, and the Titans have uppercut it their way out of a dismal start to the season. They should now allow themselves the luxury of supplementing the offense. Give Derrick Henry a spell with one of the hundred talent, talented running backs theoretically on the market. Give Ryan Tannehill somewhere to throw the ball. Robert Woods can't do this by himself. And so with the Titans as buyers, traits that Sports Illustrated would like to see include Kareem Hunt to the Titans. Listen, I don't hate it. I mean, I don't hate it. it we all know that Derrick Henry's a two-down back. Kareem Hunt gives you a better option than you currently have in the backfield on third downs and out of the backfield as a, as a receiver. I don't hate the idea. I mean, but here's the thing. Let's go get somebody that we can give up a first round pick for because J Rob's going to whiff anyway. That's... You can afford, if you are the Titans, you can afford to give up first round picks. Because keeping them isn't doing you any good anyway. Keeping them ain't doing you no damn good. And you might as well just figure out how <laughs> you must you might as well go get somebody who you know can be good at a position of need, which is wide receiver. Because if they have a second wide receiver, Traylon Burke's still not back. I don't know if Traylon Burks is gonna come back. I mean, he's been dealing with what turf toe for the last mm -hmm. three, mm -hmm. four weeks. Yeah. And Kyle Phillips is now on IR. You've got to have a receiver. And that, <laughs> I think no one would have had a problem if someone had said the Titans need to trade for a receiver. But the Titans trading for a running back when they have a running back who is third in the league with 536 yards in six games is a little well, odd. I I mean, I'm fine with it if that's not the only thing that that's that's not the only move they make. Again, I would be perfectly fine seeing Kareem Hunt on the Titans. I think that would be phenomenal. I, I'm he gives you, you don't a, think at some point that's going to cut into Derrick Henry's productivity. I don't think you would use him the way you use Derrick Henry. And even if you did, I mean that's a guy who who can I mean he can be Derrick Henry 2.0. Not that apparently we like that because Deont Deontay Foreman doesn't have a job with us. But yeah, I mean, again, I don't hate the idea. I think it would be a a secondary idea to getting a wide receiver. Right. But eh, whatever. I mean, I would much rather see somebody, you know who can catch the football like, I don't know, Jerry Judy. 
No, he's being traded elsewhere. To the Packers. Yeah. According to this. Mm-hmm. But you can and, afford to you can afford to give up the first round pick. And Jerry Judy's worth it. Also, they are suggesting Chase Claypool to the Rams. So there's another receiver. Who could potentially be on the market? Mm-hmm. I don't know that What's I love trade Claypool. deadline Tuesday. Uh, the NFL trade deadline is November 1st at 4 p.m. Eastern. So 3 o'clock, right in the middle of our show. <laughs> Perhaps we'll have some news to break there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know that. Much. I don't know that Claypool makes a whole lot of sense for the Titans, mainly because the Titans need somebody who can take the top off. They just they don't have anybody who can who can run by defensive backs fast enough that Brian Tannehill can get them the football <laughs> in the two point three seconds he has to throw it. <laughs> if that, yeah. which. And so maybe someone who can take the top off isn't necessarily a fit if they can't get downfield before Tannehill is having to either get rid of the ball or pull it down. Maybe not, but having that threat also releases at least one, maybe two defensive backs into, you know, deep third coverage, meaning that, that crossing pattern over the middle to Robert Woods just mm-hmm. became wide open or to Noah Westbrook Akine, who is now your third receiver and getting those good matchups against outside backers. And your offense becomes far more productive, even though you can't get Jerry Judy, the football, right. he wouldn't be happy, but the offense would be better. <laughs> I guess that's, that's a theory. <laughs> but I, I, bottom line, though, I mean, I, I'd rather see if the Titans are going to make a trade trade deadline move. I would rather see them get a receiver than a running back. Oh, no question. So, no so question. Yeah. I, I do think it's a little weird that you would suggest a running back to the Titans, but that's my whole thing. It's a little weird. <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, I'm and I, and I'm not saying that. I just. I just think that if that's the the mindset of, of of suggesting that that you know then sure I guess I don't mm-hmm. hate it but there are other options out sure. there exactly. and better options. So anyway, that's mm-hmm. uh that's really all I have for the Titans other than Kyle Phillips is on IR and that was announced what yesterday. Mhm. Yeah. So. Let's take a short break and do some high school football picks on the other side of it. What do you say? I approve this message. He approves this message. That means we'll be back after this on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. So, I got a DUI. Mom, Dad. Why didn't you just call someone for a ride? I wasn't thinking ahead. I didn't think I was going to get caught. Yeah, my best friend, Tim. Still coming to my bachelor party next month? This DUI cost me 10 grand, so no. Yeah, you, in the back. Did you know I almost died when you hit me? I didn't think this would affect so many people. You think it was worth it? No, no, no more questions. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. 
Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street to Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yamo Patton here on this Thursday edition. Justin Kulik on the controls. Glad to have you, Justin. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. Here we go. Um, if you are curious hmm. about what we're going to say in this segment, you can go follow along or read ahead on MainStreetPreps.com. And as we get ready. Spoiler for, alert. Yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert. All of these picks have already been made and are available at MainStreetPreps.com. But the Main Street Preps game of the week this week, Friday night at 7 o'clock in Murfreesboro. The Riverdale Warriors coming off a big win over East Nashville, hosting Stewart's Creek. I'm curious what, uh, it, what if any playoff implications this might have. Um, and I am not entirely sure. Um, I think both Riverdale and Stewart's Creek are on the backside of. Nice. Playoff berths out of Region 46A. Well, I can go look it up right here. Uh, Riverdale is uh, one and three. Stewart's Creek is two and two. And it appears that Rockville would, a Riverdale win and a Rockville loss to Oakland, which is incredibly likely, would create a three way tie between those three. Between those three for third and fourth and fifth. Ooh. That's that's spicy, and Riverdale would have a sixth win, which and, and Stewart's Creek would be five and five, meaning that Riverdale would most likely move up. Um, and then it goes back to head to head between Stewart's Creek and Rockville, which uh, Stewart's Creek won, and Rockville would be out. I'd say that's going to be your most likely scenario. So Stewart's Creek is saying we're in. <laughs> Just a matter of three or four for us. Mm -hmm. They feel like. Uh, but yeah, the, so this is an interesting situation here. Mm -hmm. If then statements, yes. There you go. Finally. Captain Chaos. I got me one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, whatever the if is that involves a Riverdale win, that's the one that I'm expecting. Nah, I'm right there with you. I've got Riverdale 28-21 over uh, Stewart's Creek. Also, Friday night at 7, another if-then, but this one's cut and dry. Centennial at Brentwood. Winner hosts a playoff game. Loser does not. Loser goes to Memphis. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> now, here's another if-then for you. Should Centennial win at Brentwood, which is what I'm picking, actually, then their attention immediately turns to South Williamson County and a rooting interest in the visiting Raptors because a Centennial win plus a Ravenwood win makes Centennial the number one seed out of Region 76A. That's correct. It does. By virtue of their win over Ravenwood. Centennial win and an Indy win by virtue of Independence's win over Centennial. Indy actually wins the region. Centennial How crazy is that? Two. How crazy is that? That Indy at what six and four 
would be your region champ. Yep. Six and four. The only loss Centennial has this year is to Independence. Period. That's it. In, That's in it. or out of region. Yeah. At all. They're eight and one with their only blemish to Independence. And that just is mind blowing to me. It, it, it is a little odd. But uh, I'm with you. I've got Centennial winning this one as well. Uh, I've got him by a field goal over Brentwood. You know, Brentwood's offense hasn't been great mm-hmm. uh, over the last few weeks, and I don't know why. I, like, I haven't really, you know, dove into what's going on with their offense, if anything particular. Sure. But, uh, but I think the Centennial offense is really good, and they're hard to stop. So. I'm going to go with uh, the Cougars. CCCHS. CCCHS. Another interesting game. And I'm not even sure. This is just an interesting matchup to me. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't necessarily understand how this one happened. Like, how did these two teams end up playing one another? Well, it's a region game, I believe. uh, I thought Clarksville was 6A. But I guess it is. It is a region game. Okay. Well, then that's why. <laughs> Gallatin is six A. So for some reason, I was thinking they were five A. They they had been five A forever until this last. Yeah, they've kind of been okay. back and forth a little bit. That's why. Yeah. Okay, that's why I was a little confused. But now I'm far less confused. <laughs> I'm here for you. Gallatin uh, could certainly throw a. Uh, uh, well, Gallatin and Clarksville probably playing for. Uh, for the uh, just seating because it looks yeah, like. I would imagine Beach and Hendersonville are one, two. Uh, no, no. Right now, Clarksville is the two seed. They are only, they're three and one in the region. Uh, a Gallatin win would create a three way tie if Hendersonville was to beat 0 and 4 West Creek. Uh, it would create a three way tie for that, uh, that two spot. But a three-way a tie for the two spot. Correct. So all of them are they're in. They're right in. Now. Gallatin, yeah. Hunt, Clarksville, Hendersonville are pretty well in because Rossview plays beach. Okay. So in this one, um, I've got Clarksville 27-20, but I don't feel great about it. Clarksville has won their last four games. They are on a, they are on a uh, they're on a roll here. They are on a on a bit of a win streak. Now it looks like well, including a win over Hendersonville, by the way, mm-hmm. which defeated Gallatin twenty-two to nine back in mid-September. Right. So, um, I've got Clarksville in this one as well. Um, got it pretty close, just because I think Gallatin's going to play well enough defensively to keep it close. They played some pretty good defense. They they lost they to really Lebanon have. last week 14-9. And that's yeah. a pretty good offense there. Yeah, I'll agree with you. But uh yeah, I've got Clarksville 27-20, <clears throat> but it probably won't be as high scoring. Your your 14-13 is probably more accurate. Yeah. <laughs> Davidson Academy at CPA. CPA had a great first half last week. They they they, they played a great six quarters, and then Lipscomb Academy showed up uh, <laughs> and took care of business as they should. Even though you know everyone treats them poorly, apparently. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, 
uh, just go check out the Main Street Preps podcast and, mm. and MainStreetPreps.com where you can hear Trent Dilfer talk about it. So anyway, take, David, some, cheese, take, take some cheese with you when you're good. <laughs> Davidson Academy at CPA Friday night. Uh, I've got the lines in this one. Uh, again, I don't, I still don't think Davidson Academy is great and I feel like CPA certainly is. So I'm going to yeah. go with the lines. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good synopsis of the situation. I feel like CPA is a little bit more of a known factor than Davidson Academy is. Uh-huh. We, um, you know, we picked them a couple of times early on and didn't quite get the performance that we expected out of Davidson. And I just don't know what to expect out of them at this point. And so kind of based on that, I, I took CPA by a touchdown, but I, I, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be a close game. I, I think David's, I think CPA wins it. Actually, I've got CPA 28-24. So. I've got them 35-24. Columbia Academy at Grace Christian. They're playing for a playoff spot. It, this, is a play, this is a playoff game. This, this is, is a playoff game, yeah, because the winner goes on and the loser goes home. Goes home. <laughs> so, And you were over there for Columbia Academy and Clarksville Academy last week in the Battle of CAs, and Seth Anderson kind of pulled out an offensive wrinkle. Yeah, started uh, started and played for the entire game. A, a new player at quarterback. I'm not going to say at, a, a quarterback because he's a receiver who was mm-hmm. playing quarterback. But they just kind of kind of went to a uh, a different mindset and giving themselves a, a more athletic option um, behind center. And but he was also what ten of twenty for one seventy one and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean he threw the ball really well. Uh, a couple of seam routes that were just beautiful. Uh, so, I mean, he gave them he gave them enough of an of a threat in the passing game to open up the run game, and he obviously took some of the pressure off of Monte Baldwin, and that's and, why. And he ran it pretty well as well, did he not? That's what I'm he, saying. He, he being Harrison Brownlee, by the sorry, way, yes. name we've not mentioned. Harrison, <laughs> yes, Harrison Brownlee. He he did run the ball. He ran the ball very well. Uh, had a couple of big 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 time plays, and for that reason, I've got Columbia Academy winning this game. Exactly. Exactly. I think that little jolt and, and I think the, I guess the element of surprise to some degree, there's not a lot of film on Harrison Brownlee at quarterback since he's only played the one game. Uh, I think that that'll kind of impact Grace Christian's preparation time for Brownlee at quarterback. Um, And you also got to think, what if they go back to Elisha Nieves at quarterback? So there's a lot of, you know, kind of cat and mouse between the Columbia Academy coaching staff and, and Grace Christian's defensive staff, I guess, because you, you don't know what to expect. Heck, maybe they do go back to Nieves. I mean, they certainly could. He does. I mean. He's but... thrown the ball pretty well. Now, he doesn't give you. The no, he's, running he's pretty, element. He's pretty well a statue back there, and by that I mean he's he wants to stay in the pocket. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean you know where he's going to be, but he can throw it. Yeah, he, he certainly. And, I mean, can. who knows? Maybe they maybe they do some of both because Brownlee has been pretty effective at receiver as well. Right, right. So I've got but Columbia yeah, Academy I've got I've, sure. I've got Columbia Academy as well. 
Tonight, Middle Tennessee Christian goes to Friendship Christian, and this one here is a uh, this is a region championship in Class A's East Region. Friendship Christian is the number one team in the state, according to the Associated Press D two A poll. Nine and zero. Um, Middle Tennessee Christian is number three, or eight and one, with their only loss being to Grace Christian. By the way, thirty-five fifteen, Grace destroyed them. I'm thinking that is an indicator of how strong the middle region is even though they're not really getting that love in the AP poll, Nashville Christian at number five is the only middle region team that's ranked, but you know, you've got the two D two a state finalists in the middle region in Nashville Christian. And Oh yeah. Defending state champion Donaldson Christian who friendship. Uh, I'm so, yeah. Who friendship beat 43 to eight. And MTCS beat 19 to 7. Hmm. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. This and, is- and it'll be better to know here over the next few weeks, I think, as right. you know, we get into the playoffs and those teams start seeing each other maybe for a second time, that kind of thing. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I like Friendship Christian in this one. Uh, I think that you know, regardless of where the balance of power may be East, middle or West, I think friendship Christian is probably, I think that your odds on candidate to win the whole thing this time around. I, I think so too. And that's why I've got them 38, 31, but I think it's going to be a great football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it is going to be as good of a football game as you're going to find. And that is again, uh, that one's tonight. So mm. if you're anywhere Near wherever Friendship Christian is, you want to Friendship Christian is in Lebanon, actually. Okay, and oh, that's and right. That's a, the the we the baseball coach, mm-hmm, John we McNeil. Had the, we had okay, yeah. And you should. Well, it's probably a little late to go early now, but anytime you can combine a trip to Friendship Christian and a and a trip to Cherokee Steakhouse, it's probably not a good, not a bad thing. Is he is he right, Justin? Justin's like, I don't know. Right. Cherokee yeah. Steakhouse sounds Jer- Cherokee Steakhouse. What is that? Oh, so it's right on the water. It's a solid, solid steak spot. Uh, it's kind of hidden back there, but so is friendship. So yeah, if you're out there in friendship, it's makes sense to hit that up for sure. Justin knows he's got the, he, he he's all on. The, trust well, I, me. I, Justin I, is I, a, is a food connoisseur just like we are. And so well, I, I appreciate you going to Justin to, to confirm what I've already told you, but yeah, hey, whatever. <laughs> I just wanted to get Justin some love. Thanks, man. We, 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 we've been, you know, just FYI, that's a, you know, they're in Wilson County. I was about to say, do you want to for talk those about of you, For <laughs> those of you who are, who are wondering, you know, if there's any Wilson County news on this show. That fired us up. Anyway. Awesome. <laughs> Speaking of Wilson County, Mount Juliet mm. at Green Hill. The, uh, they are in Wilson County as well. Not the Crosstown rivals here. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but if you're going to Green Hill, don't go to Mount Juliet. That's not how you get there. 
Now you tell me. <laughs> I only know this because of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what I did last year when I went to Green Hill for um, Columbia Central's playoff game. Oh, it's in mm. Mount Juliet. Okay, no, it's, it's not actually. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, uh, this one too. I, I, by the way, a region championship game. And Mount Juliet, again, as you look at the AP poll this week, they are number seven. Um, Green Hill is receiving votes. They've been in that poll at times over the course of the season. Um, Mount Juliet, Mount Juliet's record is listed on the poll as eight and two. And I know that's not right because I know they're not playing 11 games. They're seven and two. There we go. Okay. Um, Green Hill six and three, but Mount Juliet five and zero oh in the region. Green Hill four and one, mm-hmm. but a Green Hill win would give them the region title via the tiebreaker. Again, I just like the way Mount Juliet has played over the course of the season. Their two losses were in the season opener at Gallatin and to another Wilson County rival, Lebanon. Um, but when they've won, they've won pretty big. I, I think they've scored at least 31 points in each of their victories this year. So so that offense has really come to play the biggest part of the time. And they are coming off consecutive wins over Republic and Hillsborough, 52 to nothing and 53-24. So they're putting up the, the points for sure. The, the offense is clicking. And I, I like the Golden Bears as a result of that. Yeah, I'm going with Mount Juliet here. I, I think it's going to be a good football game. I wasn't overly impressed with Green Hill when I saw them against uh, Columbia Central. So, uh. I'm going to tell you what, man. When I saw them last year against Columbia Central, they've got a big tight end um, who I think was a sophomore last year, which makes him a junior this year. And I think he's a guy that's, that's really got a future. And... I, I think with some of the things that they do offensively, he can be a um, he can be a key factor for them. And I wish I could think of his name. I think it's Braden Braden Staten, maybe. I don't remember. The, yeah, well, they're just trying to avoid a trip to Page, so that's, that's what they're <laughs> well, playing for. Well, you you know, given the last couple of um, outings that's for true. Page, I'm not sure how. I don't know. So Page just got. Shut out by Indy last week, 13 to nothing. And before and that, speak- they lost at Nolansville. And speaking of independence, they host Ravenwood tomorrow. And with that aforementioned uh, yeah. de facto champ- region championship game for independence. Hey, yeah. I mean, if, if independence wins this and, and Brentwood takes care of business at home against Centennial, then independence at five and four is your number one seed out of region seven, six, eight. So. Uh, before before the last two weeks, I would have probably gone Ravenwood here, but I think that defense with uh, Ravenwood missing Chris Parson, I got mm-hmm. Indy in this one. Exactly, that's exactly my thought process there. Um, uh, I mean that that thirteen to nothing win over Page really got my attention. I've got Independence by by field goal here. DCA at Nashville Christian. We just talked about those two, and this one is also a region championship game. I like the Eagles here. Uh, maybe more than anything, the fact that they're playing at home and DCA has been a little um, inconsistent. 
they have been inconsistent, but I think they're going to put it together on Friday. And I've got, I've got the, the cats in this one, 42, 38. And by the way, let me, let me correct myself before we go any further. Braden Staten is a 2023 tight end, all six, six, two twenty of them. So I don't know how you missed him, but well, <laughs> I just don't recall his name. Yeah. Um, Finally, Smyrna at Overton. I don't know. I feel like this one has some sort of implications. It does. This is for a home playoff game. Two and three. Mm -hmm. Because Cane Ridge is one. Cane Ridge is one. McGavick is four. Or Laverne. Laverne and McGavick playing for the fourth spot. Oh, okay. okay. I like Smyrna in this one. I also like Smyrna in this one. I think I think Smyrna has been really good this year. I'm uh, been been really impressed with them. So uh, seven and one overall. Obviously, they're only lost to Kane Ridge. So uh, I agree. I think the Bulldogs get it done. Twenty seven twenty one is what I've got them. Last week, Mo, you were six and four. You're sixty six and thirty four on the year. I was eight and two, but I still am in last place at sixty three and thirty seven. Just <laughs> one game behind Donovan Stewart. <laughs> I like the way you're calling that last place. It is last place. I I don't even. Poor Emily. Before we get out of here, though, we do have some other games to get to. Cascade at Summertown. So put on the turban and tell us what's going to happen down in Summertown. I I really like Cascade in this one. I think they've got enough offensive firepower to get by a Summertown team that has really struggled this year. And. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they bounce back from this over the off season and, and everything that's gone on with that team this year. But I, I like Cascade by a couple of touchdowns. Um, we already talked about Columbia Academy and Grace. Um, Forest and Mount Pleasant. Um, Mount Pleasant is already the one out of Region 5-2A. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Forest is out. Is Forest out? They're out. So Cascade's the number four? That's correct. Okay. Well, regardless, I, I like Mount Pleasant and this one by a couple of touchdowns as well. Franklin goes to Summit. Um, somebody's going to win their first Region 7-6A game. If it's the Admirals, it will be their first win, period. I don't think it will be the Admirals. I've got Summit by a touchdown. Um, let's see. We talked about – did we talk about Loretta Richland? Nope, Loretta Richland. Oh, well, we talked to Nick Patterson, though. Um he talked about Loretto's dynamic offense, and I think it makes a difference in this when I've got Loretto by a touchdown. You got any thoughts, real uh, quick? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Richland, but I think it's gonna be because it's just a low scoring game. I think they're gonna uh, extend the game. Okay. Finally, Spring Hill and Columbia Central backyard bowl. Backyard bowl. Um, again, somebody's gonna win their first region game. I think it will probably be the host Lions. Um. I think this will be a competitive ball game. So, I agree. We'll see. I agree with you on all fronts. There. That's going to do it for today. We've got a. Uh, we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. George Plaster at four o'clock should be a great time. So y'all stick around for that. Tomorrow, two o'clock, right here, Main Street Sports today. College football pick 'em and so much more. So we'll see you tomorrow. We'll be right back.